Thursday, July 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Happy Thursday. Thank you, Chris. Uh, earnings Palooza rolls on. We're going to talk Intel, United Health, eBay. And it's National Ice Cream Month, which I'm ashamed to say, as much as I love ice cream, I had forgotten. I was reminded of it this morning. We'll, we'll talk about uh, some exciting news related to National Ice Cream Month. Good call for ice cream to put in for July on that Yeah, month. it was you strong. <laughs> how'd, how'd they, I mean, that's the one that they should have spent all the money on, but how'd they outbid everybody else? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I like I like to imagine the behind the scenes, what takes place in the meeting when decisions are made. And I like to think that there was at least one person on the ice cream council saying, you know what's a game changer? It would just blow people's mind. February. If we just went February, <laughs> wouldn't that shock people? We'd get a lot of buzz. On a related, somewhat business-related note, you may remember that once upon a time, Coca-Cola was the official sponsor of summer. Yes. And they no longer are. Who is? Me. You? I took over. I, I've told people about this for years. I, is there another one? Not that I know of. I am I'm the official sponsor of summer. I'm going to tell you, in the middle of this 95-plus degree heat wave, your summer sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, just saying. I, just, I want Coke back. <laughs> <laughs> Some summers, it helps to have my name on as the official sponsor. This ain't the one. Last summer? Last summer? You loved that yes. summer. Yeah. The Olympics? A few other good things. Yeah. I, I don't take credit for all of that. You should have sat this one out. Let's move on to Earnings Palooza. Uh, Intel's second quarter revenue, $12.8 billion. Quarterly profit of $2 billion. And yet, Charlie, it just wasn't good enough. It was pretty awful, Chris. Uh, the desktop uh, PC segment has just been in a free fall. Uh, when your customers are HP, Dell, Lenovo, that's not really a good sign of where your business is at. Uh, and so Intel stocks sold off a little bit today. However, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Intel completely whiffed on getting into smartphones and tablets. Uh, that is going to change by the end of this year. They've already got some big wins with the Samsung Galaxy Tab 3. Uh, they're trying to get into some smartphone wins as well. Uh, and this is all coming on the back of some of the new processors they're rolling out. So I think the future looks better than the recent past with Intel. But yeah, that quarterly report was really ugly. But are we going to see... I mean, just thinking in the short term, are the next couple of quarters going to play out somewhat similar to this? Because it's not a switch that they can automatically flip, whereas, oh, boom, all of a sudden we're in mobile and everything's Jake. When when you see things like, the you know, the headlines are declining PC sales, weakness in China, that seems like the sort of trend that is going to play out for the next three to six months. And, and it could. And they did uh, pull back their guidance a little bit. And they're at the point where the processors they're rolling out are getting good reviews. But that's a lot different than being in actual devices uh, doing mega volumes. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm taking the over on it just being the next three to six months that we're going to see declining PC sales. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not a six-month problem. And I, I haven't listened to the conference call, uh, but if, if anybody is trying to pawn this off as something that they think has a reversible, uh, visible future, I'd, I'd be surprised uh, nope. if anybody bought into that. No, the uh, 
the game here is to get into the $150 to $400 tablets uh, type devices and really hope and pray that offsets all the declines in PCs because that's going away. Well, thankfully, there's no competition in that. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> like Qualcomm. I mean, they're, they're, it's good to be the first mover. <laughs> right. You know, which I guess Intel is planning to be there. Um, when you look at Intel stock, and this is a stock that historically has been a tremendous performer. By the way, happy birthday to Intel today. It was today, back in 1968, that Intel was founded as a company. So happy birthday to them. Um, and I say that because I'm about to bash the stock. Because <laughs> when you look at the stock... I was going to say historically. Are you talking yeah. about the 20th century? Uh, it, the last 12 months, not only is this a stock that is losing uh, money, it is trailing the market by somewhere in the neighborhood of 30%. Uh, is that... Is the next 12 months going to look like that as well? Uh, I'm actually more optimistic on the stock going forward. Uh, You're getting Intel at 12 times earnings. The yield is almost 4%. I do think they have the R&D to turn this around. And more importantly, the leadership at the top has changed and seems to be a little bit more visionary than what they were dealing with in the past. That was really tied to their bread and butter uh, Windows machines. These new processors will run on Android tablets as well, which is great for them because they're agnostic as to whether or not not it's a Samsung Android tablet doing well or a Microsoft Surface tablet, uh, which so far hasn't done well, but maybe they could. I don't know. Maybe pigs could fly. I was going to say, if if you are looking for uh, things to put in the plus column for Intel, I think the fact that they have a CEO who has been on the job for only two months and presumably is going to have a little bit of a honeymoon period, at least in terms of the board of directors, that definitely helps them as they're trying to make this switch. I'm going to go way out on a limb here. An Intel chip is in the next iPad. When is the next iPad coming? Is that this later uh, this year? I think it'll be this fall, and that is a big deal for them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, having hitched their star as closely as they did to Microsoft for as long as they mm-hmm. did and have uh, made for a, a great run um, up to a certain point in time and, and a rather challenging one. So if Charlie's right, then that could single better days for uh, for the company and the stock but absent that yeah. uh it's a you know tough wind that they're uh, trying to sail yeah. uh, into and i think part of the reason is samsung makes all the chips for the iphone and the ipad which is one of apple's mortal mortal enemies in yeah. mobile and i think uh intel does like the macbook air and all their other machines i yeah. think they're going to go intel with the ipad yeah We'll keep on our eyes on that. United Health second quarter earnings came in better than expected. Shares up about 6% this morning. Bill, what'd you make of the quarter? Certainly seems certainly seems better than Intel's quarter. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think and in part for United Health and, and for the other uh, healthcare uh, companies, you know, it continues to be uh, no bad news is is good news, and it, it wasn't a remarkable quarter. It was better than expectations. Expectations for it and many other uh, insurers has have been fairly low. It, just out of a, a hesitancy um, on the parts of both companies giving guidance and analysts to provide analysis uh, to go out on a limb in a developing Obamacare world, and most of the. Information in the last few months has been uh, better for for the insurers in terms of some of the delays in the requirements, um, which is is a, is a mixed bag uh, in itself. But uh, it was a good quarter. The, the guidance is is was raised a little bit. The low end of the guidance was raised a little bit for the rest of the year. 
that's not that interesting. Uh, it continues to be the p- case that for United Health, uh, WellPoint, uh, many other companies, uh, we really don't know what business is going to look like uh, 18 months from now. Uh, it, it, there are a lot of opportunities, uh, but there are going to be challenges. Does that, I don't know, does that concern you at all? Because I'm just thinking, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about big banks on Wall Street and a lot of investors avoiding them just because there's the whole sense of, I don't really know all the ways in which they make money. There's the level of uncertainty there. And when I hear you talk about United Health that way, the uncertainty of, well, we're not really sure what it's going to look like in the next 18 months, that that alone keeps me away from a stock like this. Well, then, and, and it's kept a lot of other investors away. And the nice part is that the insurers have, are continued to do a lot of business. I mean, there there's tremendous cash generation in the insurance business, which is one of the reasons that they became whipping boys uh, in uh, the analysis of, of how healthcare could be changed. Uh, so they make a lot of money. They continue to make a lot of money. It's it's a little hard to project what the future is going to look like in terms of throwing a growth number on some of these things, but. If, in the meantime, they continue to just make as much money as they do now, that will be that will justify the price of these stocks. So you, you've got a, an environment where they make a lot of money. They don't have the, the same sort of disastrous uh, episodes that, that banks and, and Wall Street had, uh, which became you know dramatically unprofitable for at least a short period of time. They continue to be cash generators. And so that provides a bit of a floor, and you know, in the meantime, they're not being priced uh, as if they have uh, great businesses ahead of them. And, and there is some uncertainty here, but on the plus side, they do benefit from the employment picture improving. As more people go back to work and are covered by their employer's health plans, uh, that's a benefit to the insurers. And I think that's not really being uh, given the credit it's due while everybody's focusing on what could go wrong. Shares of United Health hit an all-time high this morning. Is this a stock that is priced fairly, or is it starting to get a little rich? You know, it's been a good run in the last uh, sort of year to date. United Health, I think, going into going into this earnings was actually trailing the other, you know, the basket of healthcare providers out there. So it's it's not radically the mere fact that it's hitting an all time high uh, isn't. You know, the market is as well. A lot of stocks are, and it it really had a, a couple of bad years in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. One. The market did in right. two thousand eight and two thousand nine, <laughs> but additionally, you had, uh, you know, the the new president and his uh, plans, which created uh, great uncertainty there. So it's still, you know, over the last five years, it's underperformed the market, uh, but it, it, you know, it it it's done okay in those five years, and it's it's actually taken a bit of market share away from some of the competitors. So I, I don't think that the price is unreasonable here eBay's second quarter results were in line with expectations, but uh, the guidance they provided for the rest of the fiscal year, Charlie, was disappointing. And once again, we had a situation where the guidance trumps the actual results. And uh, the stock was down. By the time we walked in the studio, the stock had had stabilized to the point where it was almost even. But early this morning, it was down about 7%. It was really getting hit hard. Yeah, the market certainly didn't like the news. Uh, So the guidance is going to come in on the low end of the previously given range, which is actually for pretty good growth year over year, which is – 
you know, the, the light you should be looking at if you're an eBay shareholder. Uh, they're doing mid-teens growth, both in the marketplace side of their business and in PayPal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's exactly what you want to see. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, everything is going well for them. They're signing up more users to their services. They're spending more money. The transactions are going up. And importantly, they're making some really good progress in mobile as well. Uh, you know, the growth there is phenomenal. I think that's the transaction platform of the future. And it's good to see them making a strong move into that part of their business. Where do you think we are now with PayPal uh, as it relates to the visas and the MasterCards of the world? Uh, I, I'm just trying to picture where we're headed. Maybe maybe it's two or three years out. Maybe it's 10 years down the road. But it just seems like somewhere down the road, there is going to be a everybody needs to pick their side uh, with respect to payment systems, and that it's, it, you're going to have PayPal on one side, you're going to have the, the Visas and MasterCards on the other. Or am I wrong? And this is – no, these can perfectly coexist. It seems like Visa and MasterCard, American Express, for a while, they were just like, well, PayPal, that's this little thing off to the side here. It's not, you know, and now it's, now it's probably becoming more of a problem. I don't know. And the growth there certainly is accelerating. Uh, PayPal is becoming increasingly popular as these quarters roll by. I don't think they displace Visa and MasterCard. I think they uh, all live together side by side. Yeah, you had offered the possibility that maybe you were wrong, and I'm going to agree with you. (laughs) Maybe you are wrong, uh, that that everybody needs to make a decision here. Tell me why you think that. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about you know maybe not so much Visa and, Visa and Mastercard, but I'm thinking about like an Amazon, where on some level Amazon is very much a direct competitor to eBay, so it, it makes sense for them to, you know, to keep them at arm's length. Um, but then we've also heard the arguments that because eBay wants PayPal to flourish, that is an argument for spinning it off as its own company. What'd be curious is if Amazon started accepting PayPal. Right. And, and, and because all they really want is massive transaction volume on their own, right? People signing up for Prime. Right. Uh, make it as e- easy as possible for customers to use Amazon uh, could happen. Um, what do you think of the stock right now? It seems like at least the short term, uh, maybe a little bit like Intel, the short term uh, diagnosis for this company um, looks worse than the long term. Horrifically overvalued. And I hope Joe Mager's listening. <laughs> and from Australia is really, really angry with me for saying that. No, uh, it's actually it looks fairly uh, attractive here. I was hoping you were going to stick with that just to see if Joe would email us. And <laughs> just with, you know, a 500-word diatribe that he would demand I read on the next yeah. episode of Market Foolery. Um, as I mentioned at the top, it is National Ice Cream Month. I cannot encourage people enough to go out and celebrate by gorging yourself on as much ice cream as possible. Um, Baskin Robbins, uh, parent company is Duncan Brands, and it's nice to know that the people at Duncan Brands are really focused on you know the the important parts of their business because uh, Baskin Robbins has partnered with Dr. Alan Hirsch, the founder of the Smell and Taste Treatment and Research Foundation which sounds like it could be a legitimate organization. I have no idea. Uh, but they've partnered the STRF? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> STTRF. Uh, to identify what your fl- uh, favorite ice cream flavor says about your personality. And they, they offered up 10 different Baskin-Robin flavors. Um, and then I guess Dr. Hirsch sort of said, well, this is what it says about your personality. So I'm just going to throw out the 10 flavors. You tell me your favorite, and I'll tell you what it says about your personality. Uh, in no particular order, the 10 flavors from Baskin-Robbins, uh, rainbow sherbet, 
Pralines and Cream, Vanilla, Chocolate Chip, Mint Chocolate Chip, Rocky Road, Jamocha, Strawberry, Chocolate, and Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough. Uh, Charlie, do you have a favorite among those? I will go with the Mint Chocolate Chip. The Mint Chocolate Chip, um, you are more likely to be argumentative, frugal, and cautious. I completely disagree with that. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Uh, Mr. Barker, do you have a favorite in there? Uh, chocolate Chip. Chocolate Chip. Uh, yeah, I was going to go with that. And, and in particular... Baskin Robbins chocolate chip because they have really small like shavings of chocolate so it's it's really my favorite chocolate chip. Uh, it's way off for both of us. Uh, you're more likely to be generous, competent, and a go getter. I don't I don't think we're any of those three things. I, I think this uh, anecdote uh, disproves the entire thing. No. You and me. Yeah. Because we're I mean really none of these things. Yeah. We're not particularly generous. Um, I, there's not a lot of competence. Now, For listeners, long-time listeners will know that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in terms of go-get-it-ness, uh, maybe if what we're talking about is- Is coffee. Going to get coffee. Yeah. yeah. We're pretty yeah. good at going to get that. We're good at that in that one what narrow band. with like, what, what, what would you think, what, what do you want to be identified with in terms of, because it, it, look, all of these- things that they're coming out with are going to make you feel good, right? They're not saying I think if you good. like a certain flavor, you're kind of a... You're you acerbic. Know, yeah. All, all of them are going to have at least one quality that you think, oh, okay, that's a positive thing. So, you know, with Charlie's argumentative, frugal, cautious. Frugal, I think anyone yeah. would agree that that's a... You know, it's not cheap. You're frugal. So that that's a positive thing. Um, it means cheap, though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's how you frame it. <laughs> um, here, here's here's the one that I think is. I'm not saying Charlie is. I'm yeah. just saying that's what the, the that's what the word really means. This is the one that I think uh, is maybe the worst combination, and it is chocolate. Apparently, means you're more likely to be dramatic, charming, flirtatious, seductive, and gullible. I don't know. That just sounds like a recipe for disaster. If you if you met someone with all of those qualities, it, I mean, on the one hand, maybe you'd you'd find a way to just fleece them of all their money if they're gullible. But I don't know. And and are the like the qualities for vanilla, or is is that like boring, predictable, and you know, unexciting? Or yeah, what? yeah. This is this is where Doctor Hirsch's research just falls apart. Uh, vanilla, you're more likely to be impulsive, easily suggestible, and an idealist. I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, it really, really doesn't. No. I don't know. You know. I what? think we've proven this episode has proven the research is worth nothing. You can. <laughs> they made up this doctor, didn't they? Yes. Why, why not? Why not make up a doctor and then? You know what? If anyone at Duncan Brands is listening, prove us wrong. Drop us an out radio at fool dot com or send us a, a you know a little message on Twitter. We're at Market Foolery is our handle, but we're calling shenanigans. I we want to see research. the data. If we could see the data, if I we think, could see the data, I think we'd yeah. we'd feel better about that. All right, Bill Barker, Charlie Travers, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by technical wizard Rick Engdahl. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah.